You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's John Worth. I'm here. It is this week's Sports Illustrated Tennis Podcast. Our guest this week is Yannick Sinner. He turned 19 this weekend on August 16th, in fact, and he is a young up-and-comer on the ATP Tour, currently ranked inside the top 75. He's the only teenager in the top 100. And I wanted to talk to one of the kids about COVID. We've heard from a lot of veterans. We've been talking a lot about Serena Williams. We had Sam Querrey on last week. Um, but I wanted to get the perspective of a teenager who had a lot of momentum and then it suddenly stopped. So uh, that's a lot of this conversation at the risk of tainting the jury pool. Uh, this is a lovely, lovely kid. He is prone to storytelling in a way that most uh, teenagers are not, and you just hope he uh, never changes. So we talk a little bit about what this year has been like for, for Yannick Sinner. He talks a bit about his unlikely backstory and his unlikely tennis geography. We, uh, we do not root in the press box or on the Zoom call, but um, it, it is hard not to like this kid. So without further ado, here from Monaco, about to board a, a flight to the U.S., here is young Yannick Sinner. Hi there. Thank, thank, you for, uh, thank you for spending some time. Good afternoon. No, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's, it's, how are you? Good. Um, you know, I, I don't know if anyone knows how to answer that, but uh, we're, we're doing okay, thanks. How, how are you? Where are you? No, we're, I'm actually fine because here in Monaco, it's, it's, it's quite hot weather and everything. So it's, it's, it's good, actually. It's good. 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 Yeah. Where are you now? Sorry. I, I, I'm outside New York, so uh, you'll, uh, you'll be and coming how is the situation soon. there? Yeah, uh, exactly. New, New York is better. Um, uh-huh. The rest of the United States not so good, but uh, New York is it's it's a lot better than it's probably a lot like Italy. It, it was uh, a lot better than it uh-huh. was in March and April. But uh-huh. okay. Uh, okay. 
how, how have the last, uh, how, how have you experienced the last six months? What's this been like for you? Well, when I've been in India Wells, obviously, mm-hmm. and uh, I've been playing the challenger there and preparing the master series. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been practicing quite a lot there and, and everything was fine. And, and normally when something happens, uh, you know, like uh, some players say something, you know, and uh, in the locker room and everything was was silence and everything. And then one day, I don't remember which day exactly, they canceled the tournaments. And I think not many players knew that. And uh, from that point, we were a little bit confused because uh, we were not sure if we stay for Miami. And I was even in the entry list in Phoenix, challenger in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that was a little bit confusing. So we didn't, uh, we didn't know what to do exactly. So we, we decided to stay there uh, a few more days to practice. And then when, when they canceled Miami, we went back back home. I came immediately here to Monaco. And uh, we have been in lockdown for quite a long time. Uh, I I bring with me the the physical coach and I've practiced uh, at home with him for the first month and then after we started to play tennis a little bit because in Italy we could right. a little bit so we went uh, back and forth uh, it's like 25 minutes uh, by car so we've practiced, uh, yeah, not every day, but uh, three three times a week. And uh, then after two and a half months of lockdown, uh, it was like nor- uh, yeah, normal practice uh, twice a day, uh, one day a week off. So it was quite tough. Obviously, it's tough, but... Uh, you know, I think every player is missing the competition, and uh, and that's like the most. Yeah, yeah, that was what we are missing. And me personally, it's yeah the competition because playing tennis, it's it's okay because it's that what I choose to do in my life, and uh, it's that what uh, what I like to do. So it's uh, playing tennis, but we 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 would like to have some competition, and hopefully in. Uh, there in New York, it's uh, it's going to be good. I, I was thinking though, you're you're 18 years old and, and you're five five six thousand miles away from from home. Um, what was it like? For, I mean, no one had ever been through anything like this. But I but I was thinking, uh, you know, you're, you're you're a teenager and you're in the middle of California, and all of a sudden you you see this scary news. What what was that like for you? <laughs> well. I was more worried about my family, to be honest, um, because Italy, yeah, okay, our part, because we're, we're very, we're North Italy, it was okay, but I was more worried about them, you know, for me, it's, uh, I'm always watching first uh, to other people if they are good or not around me, so it's, uh, um, my family come, uh, came first for sure. Um, Myself, yeah, it was, I don't say worried about, but I was like, you know, I didn't know what's going to happen next. 
and I think every player had this problem. So we we actually booked uh, the the flight quite early, so we had the secure flight back, and uh, and right. yeah, right. and then I didn't went home uh, because there the situation in Italy was very bad. So 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 I decided to. To, to come here in Monaco and I was yeah along with the fitness coach so it's uh, uh it's important to have always it's important to have always good relationships you know with mm-hmm. with people around you and I think uh, with my fitness coach was always good uh you know it's sometimes it's just more than a coach you know it's it's like a coach and friend and everything together so because we've been stuck here for like two months uh together so it's 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 not that easy right. and i am and i've been calling uh, obviously my my family every day i made uh, you know whatsapp call video calls mm-hmm. and everything so it was it was actually quite okay i have so, to say so, so have you have you not been so just to be have you not been home have you not been to your home? I've been, I've been not been home. I've been home. Uh, if I remember, I've been home three weeks ago. I've been home for three days. Okay. And uh, for sure, okay, I don't remember if I went home one more time. I'm not sure about that. I don't think so, if I remember right. Everybody's, uh, everybody's okay? Yeah, everybody's okay. Thank you. Everybody's good, and uh, uh, yeah, no, everything is good. Even my friends are fine, so it's it's not good. good. But for sure, after India Wells, I came here, and I've been here stuck for three months. So I've been not at home for quite a long time, for sure. Right. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Tell me about tell me about your hometown. I, I looked where it was on the map, and I, I think most people's most people hear Italy and they they think of you know Rome and, and Florence and Milan. You're you're from a very different part of Italy. T- tell me about your your hometown and, and your upbringing. 
Well, um, our parts where I'm com- where I'm living, it's I've been living. It's seven kilometers from Austria, so we are very very close to Austria, and uh, the first language there is not even Italian. This is like a, a German dialect, right. and uh, and and we are studying um, Italy in the school. And, uh, and there is obviously uh, in in the winter is quite cold, um, but very beautiful. I have to say, there's like yeah, um, snowing quite a lot. Um, but you can do many things there, and that's what I like. And there's the nature. Um, I think people are a little bit different than Italians. You know, it's right. like they are very. Uh, yeah, they are like calm guys. They are um, trying to do always like simple things, and and their the life is very simple. Uh, and, and and as I said, you know, they are going to the mountains. They sometimes they go to the seas. We had quite a lot of seas, so we have quite a lot of seas in uh, in our parts. Um, it's easy life, you know. It's very easy. Right. And uh, and everything is quite clean, you know. It's uh, it's not plastic, you know. Some some so some guys go around and put plastic uh, around here. There is everything okay, you know. It's like you know, clean, every everything clean and and uh, full of uh, yeah, nice people. That's right. and, and that's good. I, I know you like AC Milan, but you're, you're probably closer to uh, Bayern München. You're, you're probably closer to Southern Germany than you are to Milan. Uh. <laughs> exactly. No, uh, many people around there are cheering for uh, Bayern Munich. So many. That's full. On our part, it's full. And uh, But I went at... I went away when I was 13 and a half from, from, from my hometown mm-hmm. and I went down and uh, I meet uh, obviously some, some people, uh, Italian people uh, here in the academy and everything. And I was not following football that much. And uh, when I've been 16, uh, now two years ago, uh, two and a half years ago, uh, I've been in the in the apartment with with another guy, which is uh, a little bit younger than me, and uh, and we and we spoke quite a lot. And he said, "No, I'm a Milan fan." And I said, oh, "Okay, really?" And he said, "What are you cheering for?" And I said, "No, uh, I'm not cheering for anybody, but uh, you know." I like playing football, but I'm not like the guy who is watching so much. And he said, no, come on, you have to watch, you have to watch. And then sometimes he went out, we went to see Milan and then like started to, uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> that, I, that, that I'm sure Milan with him. Uh, and that's like kind of cool story. And like last year in the next gen, we had the tickets for for Milan to watch in a very, very good spot in the stadium. And that was even him because he was like uh, doing a little bit sparring of me or I, or yeah, we have been practicing together a little bit. I bring him with me and then I said, come, 
come, come with me, watch the match. And he said, yeah, okay, but, you know, I don't have that good space, uh, uh, that, uh, that good spot here in the stadium. I said, no worries. I go up to you and we will come down. And then, then, and, and then we came down and that would have been me, uh, him, uh, another guy and, uh, and my brother. So it's been a beautiful night and uh, Milan lost. I know Milan lost, but it was okay, actually. What, what um, I, I see you have, you have one brother. What, what do your parents do? What, what's, your, what's your background? Well, my, my dad is cook. Oh, wow. He's cooking. And uh, my mom is, uh, now I don't know how to say it in English. Um, you know, in the restaurant when he, uh, when she, you know, goes to take the plates and then can give it to the other guys. Uh, I don't know in Italy how, right. how uh, in, in English how to call it. It's like, uh, it's like, like Djokovic. You have, a, you have a restaurant in the mountains. Yeah, no, it's not ours. I mean, it's not ours. They they've been working there for quite a long time, and uh, till last year, my mom was working there. Now this year, because at at home we have some apartments, we have apartments, and uh, which are from uh, my grandma and grandpa, and. Uh, and now my mom is is helping there a little bit, you know, to clean everything up. It's quite, it's quite a big work. And my and my grandma, and grandpa, are quite, you know, they're getting older and a little bit slower. So my mom decided to help them, uh, which the apartments are ours. And uh, and there are my my mom has been working and my dad is still working there uh, it's a kind of restaurant and near the mountains um, yeah and he's cooking there so it's uh, um, good, good life yeah, it's good. Sounds, sounds, yeah. sounds very nice um, you, you mentioned uh, you mentioned next gen and, and you had a you had a very successful tournament and then you c come to Australia and you, you win around there and, and people are starting to you know, you're, you're a teenager. I think you're the youngest teenager in the top 100. And then all of a sudden, everything stops. And uh, I, I wonder what this has been like for you mentally. I mean, not, not so much the tennis, but what has this been like? You, you have this momentum and then it, it stops. What has this been like for you to handle mentally? Mm, well, you know, it's uh, to achieve that what's, what I've achieved last year. It's... Uh, it's been uh, everything quite fast, I have to say, because uh, I started the year, I started to play in Futures and I was uh, barely winning a match. Uh, then after we went to Kazakhstan, I made of the 25K, I made the semis and I started to play a little bit better. Then we fly immediately to uh, Bergamo, which uh, was a good tournament and and I won there, and, and and from there started everything a little bit. Um, I started to to get a little bit more in confidence. I started to, um, yeah, improving like improving day after day and uh, working very hard. And I think this kind of results are coming uh, of all the hard work we have done, like uh, uh, the last um, four and a half. Uh, years when I came here to Bordighera. 
and mm. uh, that 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 project uh, what Ricardo had in had in his mind and still having uh, in his mind is uh, it's impressive. So um, I think like it's uh, obviously the results, but you know um, I'm more happy that about the person I am and. Uh, um and we are still kind of working on everything you know it's uh, okay i'm 17 the world but you know it's changing nothing at the end right. um and i'm a guy who is who is like uh, watching uh yeah who is in tennis 24 hours you know a day and uh, uh i'm thinking about tennis and uh you know to wake up every morning um sometimes <laughs> quite early to to practice and 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 doing stuff it's uh, uh i feel happy about that what what i'm doing and then what i've done and uh but you know at the end uh, many people are are speaking about me but at the end i didn't want nothing you know uh, okay uh, and next gen but uh, at the end you know um Right. At the end, I didn't want nothing, so it's uh, I still have to work right. a lot. What What is the state of your your game right now? Um, you know, n nobody's nobody's obviously played in many months. What What's the state of your tennis now? Well, uh, as I told you, we are, we've been practicing a lot, a lot, and very very high intensity. And uh, to be honest, uh, I think not only me, but every player is getting. It's getting a little bit, um, yeah, a little bit tired of practice, you know. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. You know what I say? It's like, okay, uh, um, we want to practice, but we're getting a little, little bit tired. But uh, in these weeks, in these weeks or in these months, uh, we've been practicing uh, on everything, you know. It's not that I, that I have to say, okay, I practice only on my backhand or forehand. I think on everything. Um that what I think uh we have working we have been working quite a lot uh, quite a lot. It's been the surf and uh, volley game and, and, and the slice and uh yeah and then obviously all the rest but you know it's like uh, going going to the net trying to 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 improve that and uh and I mean then it's going to be very interesting when the tour uh, starts again. What, what are you What are you expecting? Yeah, what are you expecting from that? Well, I think uh, a little bit the older guys have more experience. Um, you know, to come back, maybe they had some injuries, didn't play for uh, a long time, and then they come back and they're starting to win immediately. Uh, but I think this situation is a little bit... Uh, different because every one of us uh, were feeling well in uh, in Indian Wells, and then they uh, put uh, put it us in the lockdown. It's going to be very interesting for sure. I think uh, the younger guys has been improving physically and obviously meant and uh, and technically. I mean tennis uh, for sure. Uh, because um, every player has practiced quite a long, uh, quite a lot. But you know, it's uh, I think practice and match is something different.
Right. And you're, what, what is your comfort level getting on a plane and, and flying to the U.S. now? Are you, you okay with that? Well, I, I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, I mean, we are, we are there and we can see all the, the hotel and the tennis courts. Um, we come there, they make us the test. Uh, we have to stay 24 hours uh, in our room and then uh, we have to wait to the, uh, to the test if we are positive or negative and then uh, when we are negative we are ready to start uh, practicing uh, the first days and uh, I mean the quality is, uh, is not that far away. Um, so I think it's it's I go there with uh, I don't know with what kind of feelings because I don't know what to expect uh, that's for sure but uh, you know I think every player is, is is like this I've been like here in Monaco there are many players you know there's Aliasim there's Zverev Dimitrov Berrettini Goffin uh, so many players and. Uh, I've been practicing now here with all these players uh, two and a half weeks already. So it's uh, for sure the level here is uh, very high and here the top players um, or some of the top players are here to practice and you are lucky enough that you can play with them. So it's uh, I go there for sure prepared, uh, that's for sure. And then the results, uh, I, I can't say the results for sure. Right. I, I think Monaco needs a Davis Cup team, um, but but are you are you talking uh, are, are you talking among yourselves? I mean, wh what are you guys talking about this season? How, how are you uh, how are you talking about this season with each other? Uh, me and my team. No, you you and the other players when you're playing with with Felix or with Gofan or Zverev. What, what are you what are you saying about the year 2020? Well, everyone is saying that's a strange year, you know. It's, uh, um, you know, Dimitrov had the virus and he's, uh, you know, I think every player is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. You know, for sure we have been... Um, We've been talking a little bit with everyone and uh, everyone has had done a little bit different things, you know. Uh, some of these guys went home, uh, like Felix went to went home in, in Canada. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been, I, I came here immediately, like Berrettini and Svero stayed there in, in, in the U.S. So, you know, everyone has, has done a little bit different road, but I think in the same way, you know, I think uh, every one of us practiced, okay, maybe the first one or two weeks, uh, some players head off, and, uh, but at the end, everyone was practicing for sure, I think, so it's, uh, no. um, Crazy. everyone says it's, it's, it's a strange year, it's, uh, it's going to be very interesting for everyone, uh, because everyone says, wow, it's going to be interesting how everything starts again and how it starts again. Um, how, the, how the organization of tournaments are going to do. And, uh, um, yeah, every player is a little bit like, you know, who, what's, what's going to happen like this. But it, it, it sounds as though you've, you've made the best out of a crazy year. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't know if I made the best or not, but I took it like like a challenge, you know, because at the end of the day, um, doing nothing that's not the best choice for sure. Um, what what did you what did you learn about yourself this year? That how there was like two things. Um, um, the first thing is how important family is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Italy was in a very bad situation. Um, many, many people uh, were dead about this virus and everything. And how important tennis is for me because missing competition is tough, you know. And uh, like last year, I've played many matches. This year, was the goal was making 60 matches. Um, which now it's going to be very, very tough uh, for yeah. sure. Right. But, you know, I think like um, at end, tennis is sport. You know, this is what you like to do uh, day after day. And family is family. And this is going for the first place for sure. It's, uh, um, I was very, very worried about them, you know, especially grandpa and grandpa. Which, uh, which are getting older. And uh, um, when I heard that Italy was in a bad situation, I was uh, quite worried about that for sure. But uh, fortunately, everything went well. And, uh, right. and now on our part, it's very much uh, tourism. And uh, many people are going there and now starting, uh, now starting the same once more, you know, with a little bit of cases and everything. So it's uh, for sure. I think it's not over yet that virus. Right. And I, I was thinking uh, about your. I mean, we all we all know that you were uh, you were a champion skier as a boy. So I, I'm thinking between the skiing and the tennis, most of your life has been spent competing, competing, competing. It must have been it must have been strange to suddenly spend six months with no competition as well. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I mean. Um, I've been, I've been like skiing. I was uh, okay. I was, I was little and everything, and I was uh, quite okay skier. Um, but you know, it's uh, I always love to compete. I always uh, love to see who is better, who is better in this day. You know, even if you lose sometimes, let's see the other day what's going to happen, because every every day is a little bit different. And I've been, I've been playing. Uh, a little bit football as well, and there's even there a little bit competition. Um, maybe a little bit different because there's like the team, but the competition is always there, and I like that that kind of lifestyle, you know, to um, to compete. And sometimes when I was when I was a little a little boy with 16, 15, 16, uh sometimes me and my coach when we lost we went immediately to to do go-karts you know because right. go-karts so, so so we went there obviously he was the much better driver or he still is <laughs> the much better driver but but i like to do these kind of things you know right. and uh and obviously like now it's going to be tough you know the this sport is going to be tough. Uh, you have to take away some some things, you know, because at the end of the day, uh, the priority is tennis. 
and uh, you so sometimes you have to rest a little bit you know so it's just to go go to sleep like two hours in the afternoon or so if you have time it's it's for sure good for the body so you have to be very um, yeah yeah you have to you have to know what's what's good for your body for sure so the, the the bad news is you you can't go go karting after matches, but the good news is you're you're back to competing. You'll be uh, you'll exactly. be flying here. You'll, you'll be flying here maybe this weekend, right? Soon. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we are we are flying Saturday morning uh, from Milan. So and I think uh, many players or uh, some players will take the the same flight for sure uh, from Milan. And then you'll uh, you'll celebrate your 19th birthday in New York then. Yeah, I think in the room. Yeah, <laughs> I say, probably not. Not, uh, <laughs> not, not imagined. I imagine, but uh, well, but it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Um, all right. This this was uh, this this was lovely. I really appreciate hearing your perspective. Um, again, mm -hmm. happy birthday in the room. And yeah. Thank you. I, I look thank you very much. When you're, when you're out of the bubble, I look forward to talking again. Thanks. Yeah, perfect. Thank you very much. Uh, stay safe, you and your family. Uh, it's been an honor to, to, to speak to you. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for your time. You as well. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Ciao, ciao. All right. What a, what a lovely kid. Uh, thank you to Yannick Sitter. Uh, we wish him well before he departs and comes to uh, the U.S. Cincinnati masquerading as New York and then the U.S. Open and then presumably flies back for the clay. Um, Jamie, thank you as well for your uh, remote producing. As always, I don't know if you had a chance to uh, listen to that conversation, but um, boy, that was impressive, especially for a uh, young kid over Zoom speaking in his second or, uh, or third language. He also is he's too modest to say it, but he's also been very charitable financially. Uh, with COVID relief, which I think is saying something for a guy who has not yet made his millions. But um, boy, if, if this is tennis's future, along with, you know, Coco Goff and Kennan and Felix and Tsitsipas and Medvedev, I, I think the sport will be just fine uh, post Big Three and Serena. So, uh, Jamie, welcome in. Nice to uh, see you virtually. And um, you can g give me a second to decompress, but I, I was very impressed with uh, young Yannick Sinner there. Yes, thank you. And uh, yeah, 18 year old, he uh, has a pretty high ranking. And I, I just wanted to get your thoughts. What, what was it about interviewing him? We've obviously talked to a bunch of players, young and old, but we've had a few young kids on the podcast. What was, what's different uh, about him than some of the others we've, we've interviewed? Yeah, it's funny. I mean, sometimes you talk to kids and it's, you know, the proverbial pulling teeth and you, you get a lot of one word answers and you, you come stacked with questions because you're not sure how uh, the dialogue and the discourse is going to go this and, and Coco Goff falls into the same category. Uh, th this is the opposite. Uh, this is a, as you, as you heard for yourself, this is someone who um, is, is happy telling a yarn and telling a story and he had a lot to say for himself. And again, I think we've been focusing a lot during COVID about is this good for Serena? Is this a disguised blessing? What does this do for Federer? What does this do for Nadal? Are the Bryan brothers going to restart it in 2021? And I think one thing we may have missed is that this must be really jarring on, on a number of levels for some of the younger players. Um, 
some of it is just these, these are kids and their life has been turned on its head. But I also think professionally, they've never had anything like this. Here, you're, you're Coco Goff or you're, you're Sinner and you have all of this momentum and these match wins and your career is really starting to, uh, to start to starting to gain traction. And then all of a sudden, you go six months without playing a, a competitive match, which, you know, in, in this case, six months is a not insignificant portion of, of his life. So I, I was sort of interested in, in his perspective. And I remember talking to him in Australia and thinking, man, this, this kid is, is quite nice. And I know the, the ATP guys uh, say he reminds them of, of Roger Federer 20 years ago as, as this kid who's happy to engage and speaks a number of languages and has no problem being interviewed whatsoever. I don't know if you caught it at the tail end or, you know, this is a, a, a teenager who it was an honor to speak to you, he said to me. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I, I was, I was very impressed. And I, um, you know, I, I think he's, I, you know, you know what else struck me as long as, as long as you brought it up, Jamie, uh, you, you hear Italian tennis player. And I think people assume, oh, this, this kid must come from, you know, a family in Rome, or he must practice where they, they play the, the Italian open um, at the Foro Italico. He come, I mean, he's literally on the Austrian border in the Northeast corner of Italy and I don't know if you, you heard him talk about it. I mean, he really, he's, he's closer to Munich, Germany than he is to the nearest Italian city. So um, it, it's another one of these rejoinders to the notion that the tennis players are just a bunch of country club kids. I mean, here, here's a guy who grew up in the Italian Alps and his parents, as, as you heard, work in a, in a restaurant that he was quick to tell me was, was not their own. Uh, that does not sound like a country club upbringing, but um, boy, right. what, what a nice, sweet kid. And uh you, you wish him well. He seems to have a good attitude about all this. And um, that was really quite an unexpected call. And uh, I really enjoyed that. Reminds me um, a little bit of another member of the 21 and under club who also um, was impacted in, in a similar way um, by all this, which is Sophia Kennan, who, of course, you know, was on this role wins her first major title, but she personality wise, when you talk to her and you interview her and we should, we had her on the podcast as well. She's of course a little bit older, but similar. I feel like in a way where there's no pulling teeth, as you said, to talk and she's very open and honest and she, she just speaks and it's really nice to have a conversation with a young player like that. So as you said, um, this 21 and under club has a lot of good ones in it. I, I'm curious what, you might have some thoughts here. I mean, I, I think it's sort of an interesting road to go down of why that is. I mean, I remember when I started my career and you had, you know, Martina Hingis was very chatty. I mean, sometimes these teenagers just are completely unguarded and unobstructed and every thought gets articulated. And other times they're very, very shy. And yet the younger players in tennis today, Coco Goff is very outgoing. And I don't know if it's social media. I don't know if it's that, the, the big three plus Serena take up so much oxygen that it sort of eases things for the younger set. No, no one is shouldering the world on, uh, on young Yannick's shoulders. No one's expecting him to win the French Open or a major. So maybe it's a different dynamic than younger prospects, uh, what, what they used to go through. But yeah, it's, it's really, and I think that that trend is, um, I'm not sure it's like this in other sports. I mean, I think it's sort of easier and easier to, avoid connection and contact and speaking publicly. And yet in, in tennis, it seems as though young player after young player is, is very happy to engage with even, you know, I'm, I'm candidly old, old enough to be the guy's father. And uh, he, you, you heard for yourself. He, he could not have been uh, 
you know, more, more of a delight and more candid. Yeah, I think you're right. I think social media is definitely a part of it. I think um, you've mentioned this before that in covering Venus and Serena for the, you know, length of their career and interviewing them and speaking to them when they were teenagers, super young, they were also pretty open and, um, you know, talked a lot differently with you as a journalist than they do now. So I think it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, they, of course, have mastered the, uh, you know, answering questions when they don't want to and things like that. But it is an interesting thing. I think social media probably has a lot to do with it. And um, I think also the the fact that these these players are being put in um, situations as, as young kids that some of the older players may not have, you know, given things that are going on in the world and things that they are being asked to do or to speak on. So um it's uh it's interesting but as i said a, a lot of good uh, good ones in the under 21 and under club um yeah it's really interesting i mean i think some of this is probably uh, we could do a whole podcast on this i mean i wonder if some of it doesn't come from the top and people see how someone like roger federer conducts himself with the media and how it's it's a it's a cordial relationship it's a professional relationship and you say if roger federer comports himself like this i can as well i wonder if some of it isn't the fact that these players are aware that you're compensated, yes, by prize money, but also by the way you're perceived and image and off-court earnings and the, you know, sh show yourself to be in engaging and endearing. I mean, again, Coco Goff, who I, I see out of the corner of my right eye as she takes the court against Sabalenka. We are recording this on Wednesday. I mean, Coco Goff has, has clearly mastered that already. And I also wonder, and I think this is something that explains a lot in tennis right now. I wonder if these extended careers don't have something to do with this as well. And if you've got five years to make hay and really make your bones, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of sort of time compression. You don't have time to deal with e extraneous things like interviews. If you see yourself playing until age 35 and you're 18 years old, maybe you feel uh, like your relationship with, with time and, and maybe you feel like you're, your, your time is a little more expansive and things like interviews, uh, you don't see them as, as the burden that you might if you felt more rushed and compressed. Just a, uh, just a pet theory. Um, <laughs> let me ask you this, Jamie, to, to change topics. Um, I can only see you through Zoom, so you'll have to tell me, but do you have a case of top seed open slash bluegrass orthopedics <laughs> fever? Top seed open fever. Yes. Um, I think, well, first of all, I mean, we're very happy to see tennis back. Uh, the WTA, of course, has has done an amazing job along with everyone else who's put it together. Um, it's an interesting situation, you know, seeing it's still weird for me to see athletes wearing masks, you know, as they're walking out onto the court or, you know, just walking around facilities. Um, and so that's definitely an adjustment. And then, of course, the um, the 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 whole setting of everything i mean this is very different than i think um the u.s open will be in a stadium that has a capacity over you know twenty thousand fans this is very makeshift it feels makeshift it kind of feels like you're watching a challenger or something um, right. which is very funny when you see serena hit the ball in in that environment um but you know i think what what joe conta said it this week you know it, it it still feels like a match, but it also, um, you know, she said something to the effect of, it feels like I haven't played a, a, a match in six months. You know, it, it still feels like one, but 
I am rusty basically. And I need to find my, my, you know, feet again and, and figure this out. And so I thought that's really interesting. And I think that's why it's been fun to watch because, you know, these players have been itching to play, but that doesn't take away from the fact that playing at home and playing on your practice court and practicing is just so different from actually playing a match against an opponent. It's so funny. We, we keep trying to handicap which players will be impacted and how. And someone, I, I want to say Courtney, and we always, uh, Courtney's our catch-all for every, uh, every line we hear, every tweet that we can't quite uh, cite appropriately. But I, I think it was Courtney who said that for players that coming out of the juniors, for Coco Goff, they're used to playing in circumstances. This looks like a junior tournament. Um, if you're Fiona Farrow, to, to pick a name at random, but also someone who's already won a title, having held uh, <laughs> in, in Palermo, this is not altogether different. You know, when you're ranked outside the top 100, this is pretty much the tableau. I mean, obviously, you don't have masks and social distancing, but yeah, you've got cement mixers behind the court, and you've got, uh, you know, your coach, you can hear everything because he's not having to compete with crowd noise. Serena Williams is the one who's not used to competing under these kinds of circumstances. So for yeah. every, every advantage that sort of accords uh, the, the higher-ranked, higher-seeded veteran player, there are also potential advantages for the lower-ranked players and players coming out of juniors. This looks a lot like probably what Coco Goff, uh, the condition she was playing in a year ago, 18 months ago. So um, anyway, it's been, uh, it's, it's been interesting. I don't know if you did, – did you catch any of the Williams sisters yesterday, Jamie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw um, a little bit of, of both matches. Um, in, you know, not, not a lot of data points here and uh, small sample size, but any, anything strike you? Yeah, I mean, so again, interesting to see both players get back into it. Um, I thought Serena actually looked pretty fit and comfortable overall. You know, she obviously dug herself out of a hole there and, um, you know, pulled a typical Serena like fashion match out, you know, and, and also for the um, Venus match, I, I was actually surprised by um, Azarenka and, and the way she was playing, you know, we haven't seen a lot of her over the past few years, frankly. Um, and I just thought that was a very interesting match, you know, to see Venus um, still, still out there and uh, you know, she's still 40. winning matches. <laughs> 40. Um, no, I mean, if you had, Azarenka out there is remarkable. Venus out there, uh, you know, literally a decade older, is is just extraordinary. And uh, you know, I mean, Venus too. V Venus overpowered Vika. Exactly. So um, and now we get uh, you know another Williams Williams encounter. Uh, the first, needless to say, of of 2020. Um, I mean, I I don't know if you caught that. Um, I mean, Yannick Sinner was saying he, he's going to be on a flight and he expects a lot of other players to be on the flight with him and they are crossing an ocean. And I sort of feel like barring something absolutely catastrophic, once athletes, we're not talking about you know, driving in from Kentucky, I mean, once athletes are crossing oceans to come play an event, I think uh, we work on the assumption that this U.S. Open is happening and it may be weird and the draw may not be a conventional major draw, but this is going to happen. Are you, um, I mean, where, where are you sort of, where, where do you stick your pin in and wh where are you feeling about uh, tennis resuming on this kind of a stage now, Jamie, that, it, that now that it looks to be no longer this theoretical conversation we've been having all summer, but right. it's not as close to a done deal as you can imagine, barring again, something catastrophic. Right. I think, listen, for, for tennis in, in New York at this point, it's happening. Whether or not 
we can get through the Western and Southern Open and, and get to the U.S. Open is going to be the key factor, basically. I, I think, um, you know, that's really the test for the U.S. Open. And um, hopefully nothing catastrophic goes wrong in, in those weeks. But again, I think the USDA is likely prepared to adjust and they have to be very flexible with um, what's going on. You know, as soon as the PGA Tour restarted, we saw immediately some some positive tests there. You know, I think the first positive, there, there will be a positive test, right? And then it's just a matter of their making sure that um, the right protocols are, are in place and are and the steps are taken after the fact. And that's going to be the biggest thing, I think. But we have tennis now, and I think we're, we're going to see U.S. Open tennis. And I think uh, we, you, you had this conversation in your mailbag today, so I won't, I won't say the word, but they will potentially, uh, you know, we're going to have this discussion of the, the little, little star next little, to the uh, U.S. Open. Little, little, shift, little shift eight action. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, what I wrote is I, I get it. I mean, obviously, you, you look at the draws, you look at the players that aren't going to be there, you look at sort of the lack of preparation. I mean, there are a whole host of factors that certainly would cause you to, to glance sideways. Uh, I mean, this is an extraordinarily high draw cutoff, and I, and I don't think we're done. I mean, I think in the next week, we're going to see more and more players pull out for, for a variety of reasons. Um, but I also think that we got to see how this plays out. I think it's, it's ungenerous, I think was the word I used. I, I think it's unfair to say to all the players, hey, listen, whoever wins this, uh, it's, it's only going to count 60%. I think we have to see how these matches play out. I think we have to see, is there a controversy? What is this like on the ground? Uh, before, you know, if, I'm just, this is completely hypothetical, but if, you know, Serena Williams rematches against Andrescu, is, is it really an asterisk? I mean, if, if Djokovic plays Medvedev, is, is that really an asterisk? So I, I think before we start assigning uh, – assigning sort of uh, a lack of weight here as soon as we start saying this is this one doesn't count full I, I think we need to see how this all plays out and you know maybe maybe we will say this had a hollow feel and player after player had to withdraw and there were positive tests and it just didn't feel like a major and I'm open to that but I, I think it's a little premature before the first ball struck to immediately discount this thing. I agree. I think that's a fair point, as you say. I don't think before the tournament even starts, we can say, put it, you know, we need to block this off and, and say this is something different. I think your point is right about if there are a lot of withdrawals because of positive tests or if things start to really crumble, that's a different story than just saying, oh, because, you know, player X is in here and this number one player has withdrawn. And, you know, the, that to me is not unlike any other season or year where, you know, someone was not playing because they were injured or someone was not playing because, you know, they were on, uh, on maternity leave or whatever it is, right? There were all these different things that happen year after year and they have created the champions that we have now and the, the players who have major titles and never before did we say, Oh, this has to have an asterisk on it, you know? And so I don't think that um, we can do that for, for this. And, and we've talked about this many times. I think whoever comes out on top is, um, you know, facing a lot of different challenges that were not there for previous majors. And I think that's, you know, gotta be, if we're going to put any asterisk, it's got to be a, that one. It's got to be the positive one that, hey, by the way, they won this. And this is also in the situation that they were in when they won this. Right. 
Exactly. I think, uh, I mean, the other thing, just as, as, a, as a final getaway thought, as we say, um, I, somebody asked me recently, so what's it going to be like? And I said, you know what? No one has any idea. And the other sports that are playing will say the same thing. I mean, I think we're all kind of getting used to the NBA and we're talking about, you know, the Portland Trailblazers. Um, a lot of the baseball talk is about COVID and the discounted schedules and how close the players are to each other in the dugout. I think the sort of range of outcome here is impossibly vast and this could be a catastrophe. I think we're all sort of open to the possibility this, this could be something that we'll all re regret having even contemplated. It's also entirely possible. This will feel like a normal tennis event and we get to week two and yeah, it's going to be weird when there's this big stadium and we only see six people in the stands, but you know, at some level we're, we're all watching these NBA games and it didn't take long for us to focus on basketball. So I think, I think it's sort of silly to start predicting. I think any of a thousand things can happen. I'm sure there's going to be some controversy. I'm sure there's going to be a false positive. There's going to be threats of litigation. There's going to be someone will inadvertently or advertently, you know, whiff and, and blow the bubble protocol. I mean, I think everything's <laughs> going to be in play, but I think we need to sort of wait and see and, and play it all out. Um, you have a Zoom. I have a Zoom. Jamie, it is always a pleasure. Thanks so much. It was, uh, it was fun, like always. Yeah, we still await the U.S. Open news, but at this point, it looks like we're going to continue to see some tennis. Right here on the East Coast. Uh, I did not think I would say this, but you know, we, we have out of the corner of my eye, I see uh, Coco and Sabalenka in Lexington, Kentucky, playing a live match for ranking points for prize money. So um, we are back. Um, Jamie, it was a pleasure. Thanks to our guests, Yannick Sinner. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for your guest suggestions, which continue to uh, roll in. Some of them uh, making me laugh out loud. Um, in any case, you can subscribe, leave a review. Always helps iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. We'll have another podcast next week. Have a good week, everyone. Mm -hmm.